Welcome to the Basketball Champions League Coast to Coast podcast with you from Regensburg, Germany. I'm David Hein, and with me, co-host, partner in crime, Igor Jerkovic. Igor, how you doing? Doing fine. Uh, finally done with the regular season, so we're ready to go with the important games now, right? Done and dusted. <laughs> Short and sweet, right? Yeah, th- th- this is going to be even shorter and even sweeter because we are now scheduled to have uh, six games for each team in about a month, just over a month. So it's going to be hectic. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's hope everything goes okay. Um, so the final four, uh, the final three teams uh, booked their spots uh, into the playoffs, the six-team team playoffs. Uh, those were Pinar Kashiaka, Ikea, um, Iokea, and Favriga. Uh, we did have one team finish the regular season undefeated. That was Broza Bumberg. They uh, ended up uh, uh, getting past 42 to Bologna. Bologna. Man, tough day today. Um, to to uh, to be the only team at 6-0. Um, our interview of the week, I talked to Anthony Clemens from Igokea. Um, had a nice... Uh, Long chat with him and uh, enjoyable, enjoyable person uh, and uh, fun, fun team to watch. And uh, we talked about um, uh, some Kazakhstan hoops as well. Uh, a little bit of uh, a little bit outside the box this, this week. Igor, um, I guess first off, just thoughts on, on, on the last day. Obviously, we'll go into deeper, uh, a little bit deeper into the games, but maybe just your general thoughts about the uh, the week. Um. I was thinking kind of we had no drama this week. Mm-hmm. It felt like it was going to be smooth sailing, but then uh, it turned out to be another crazy weekend. Out of the eight games, only two were in double digits, and even those two could have finished in single digits. So basically another just typical day at the office for the BCL crew because you never know. You, you never can guess anything with the sleep. Yeah. Uh, so we do have the, uh, like I said, 16 teams ready uh, for the draw. The draw will be on Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central European time. Uh, those teams will go into two pots. The eight teams who won the groups will be in pot one. And the other um, eight teams uh, who finished second in the group will be in pot two. Four, yeah, and then, four groups. Yeah. Four groups and there's no country restrictions. The so, only restriction is that you cannot face the same team you played against in the regular season. That all means that we could have like a group with Tenerife, Burgos, uh, Aik, and Karciaka. <laughs> that would be fun. I mean, I, I think I, I think you you look at you look at some of these. You look at some of these ma- possible matchups, and you're and and you just you salivate because it'd be so, so much fun. Um, and uh, again, it's going to be the same format where it's f- um, groups of four, so only six games, and you could be you could have even more of every point uh, being that much um, uh, that much uh, more important. So uh, should be fun. Uh, let's let's slowly start to move into the the week. Uh, reviewing of the of the games, the standout performances: Kyle Allman uh, in Favriga's win over Peristeri, seventeen point seven rebounds, seven assists. Nicholas Long, Limoges, 
Uh, them knocking off Hapo Jerusalem, 19 points, six, six assists, two rebounds. Maxime Salash, uh, uh, Burgos' win over Brindisi, 20 points, four five threes with four rebounds. Amat Mbae, uh, Kashiaka's win over Bilbao, 23 points, 18 in the third quarter. Um, and then Michael Eric for Turk Telecom Ankara, uh, in the win over Igokea. Um, 21 points, 12 rebounds, two blocks. Um, I don't think I have anybody, uh, stop the news. Um, but, uh, I don't, I don't think I have anybody who, I think, I think this is, uh, the, the top five. Uh, did you have somebody that maybe he had a case? Not at all. I mean, this is, it's, it's going to get a bit closer with the games getting, Bit more edgier and having more meaning to it, so we're kind of we could expect not to have huge statistical numbers, but you could impact the game with just like fifteen and five, and to be the MVP of the round. So gonna it's gonna the standout performances are gonna look a bit different, I believe, in the last sixteen phase. All right, uh, let's go into the action. Let's start in Group E, Ritos. Vilnius knocks off uh, Stra- six Strasbourg, 81-77. Um, uh, uh bid farewell at, f- at two and four. Strasbourg had already won the group at four and two, and then Fevriga taking down Peristeri to reach the playoffs, sixty to fifty-seven slugfest there. Um, four and two for. Fevriga Peristeri at two and four. Uh, I'll let you go ahead and see what you want to talk about these games. I mean, uh, the obvious big game is Fevriga against Peristeri, and uh, it all came down to that one last play because the entire season could have gone to waste for this young team, the Fevriga guys, and kind of the, the Cinderella story that we've been pushing all season long. And they opted for, their coach opted for the great Butler play that we've seen so many times in this league. It's the same play that Six Strasbourg used to defeat Riga a week, a week before. And it's the same play that Dijon used against Tofash away from home to win it at the buzzer or post overtime. I'm not even sure anymore. So it's a basic like it's called Butler because of the university, the NCAA team uh, and the days of Brad Stevens because Brad Stevens kind of he was the mastermind of the sidelines out of bounds play for the game winner, and it's it's got so many twists now. So you will go for the lob pass on the weak side, and then there's a screen at the top. This time around, it was for Zorix to get the open shot, and I love the that the coach went in and said like, "Christer shoot, he hits, we finish the game." And <laughs> that, that just gives you so much confidence. I mean, it was gonna go in no matter what. Yeah, uh, I'll go. I want to go into this more in, in overtime uh, as well. Um, just you know, I, I thought it was unbelievably impressive um, how mature and um, that uh, Kaiser and Panera were to not foul out. Kaiser had picked up his fourth foul uh, just one minute 10 seconds into the second half 
and Panero picked up his fourth five minutes into the uh, into the second half, and they didn't foul out. Um, and, uh, and, you know, they just busted their butts on defense still, regardless, the whole team, 34% for Paris Derry, um, and just keeping them in that game, uh, rebounding, you know, Madsen and, um, and, and Kaiser Allman obviously did Allman things. I think we can sort of say that now. Um, but, but that was probably the thing that, um, that really, uh, one of the things that kind of stood out. Um, was those guys not falling out because you know they were there's those guys are so so needed in there um on that team and 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 that were they were able to to defend rebound box out everything um effectively maturely and uh, even though they're still relatively young professionals and so that really impressed me on that uh, I, I just have one note on the other game uh, rita's I'm, I'm happy to see that uh, that rita's um uh left on a on a high note once they kind of put themselves in the eight ball you know with a big loss um i kind of thought they wouldn't you know be able to get through um but uh so i don't, I don't know if you have anything else on on, on either of those no, i'm not really because i mean it was a game just for rita's to kind of gain some confidence and basically i think that in a long run they can use this as a good learning experience to kind of peel out this competition and be a dominant force in the years to come. Yeah, It's not going to take them that long, but hopefully we have them back playing for the final eight spot as soon as possible, like next season already. Uh, Group F, Pinar Kashiaka uh, getting the job done against uh, right about Bilbao, uh, 85-76. Uh, four and two is their record um, from the regular season. Bill Bow drops to two and four, and as I mentioned before, Broza Bumberg uh, moving to six and zero oh with an eighty three sixty eight victory over Fortitudo um, Fortitudo Bologna, who exit without a victory. Um, again, I'll let you go ahead. And, uh, there were some fans in the Karciak game, and that, that kind of surprised me. But mm-hmm. good to see back yeah so they were all on the side of the camera we didn't see them all the all game long but you know how important fans are for teams like Karciaka so happy to see them over there and the game was never in doubt like even though they were kind of on the line and Bilbao could have made a run for it I mean it was just a one-way street it was just a dominant performance by all the guys from Karciaka but especially Raymer Moore yeah. Uh, anything from the Bamberg game? Uh, if you offered me like a billion guesses, who would have finished sixth and old is the only thing that never said Bamberg. Never, not in a million years. Even though I was so high on them, like in this kind of group, nah, yeah. man. Yeah. Nah, it was just, just crazy. Um, again, it's it's sort of this Bamberg. Um, pattern i guess you know they, they let you hang around and then they just eventually pull away i mean it's yeah it, and it, it, the, the thing is that you don't know how they did it they just keep <laughs> on they think for 40 minutes straight and you you have no like clutch moment where you think exactly okay, this is the point where devon hall got super hot and we couldn't do it yeah yeah you yeah don't have like it's going on the entire time and it's just like a like a machine and it grinds <laughs> and grinds and you, and you kind of feel like you're in a close game you could win this then you look at the and it's like 10-15 points difference <laughs> it's amazing so, 
and 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 this I, game. I, I, and, I'm, having, I'm having a lot of trouble with them because whenever I try to pull out some sort of help side column stuff that I do, like the MVP race or the best dynamic duos or whatever I try to do, best shooters. It's, I, I can never pick somebody from Bamberg. Like, mm-hmm. who is the MVP of Bamberg this season? Is it Kavish? Is it Vitali? Is it Feeler too? Feeler's there too. Hund. Hund. Like, I, I have no idea. Like, <laughs> how am I supposed to push somebody from the six and O team to be the MVP when there there's not a clear picture on who's the MVP of the team? They're Real MVP is actually their team. I mean, yeah, yeah, they, they yeah. function as a one, and then that's. I mean, it's a great approach. It's working out for them here, but it poses the question: Who takes the res- responsibility in the playoffs and the elimination games? You know, when the game's on the line, who's gonna be the guy to take over? So, it's it's still like. Even though they're six and zero, I'm still having question marks about them. Well, they're struggling in the BBL, um, so exactly. I mean, you see That's that. Um, one one thing to note on that on that uh, in this bomber game is uh, you know they did have the two recent signings, uh, um, Alex Rolf. He played 23 minutes, scored nine points, uh, three of four on three pointers, um, and then obviously the the crucial That's six the six six to one assist turnover ratio. Yeah, that's the most Bamberg stat line ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then Sh- uh, Siobhan Thompson, you know, slowly but surely, maybe a little bit, you know, tw- uh, 15 minutes, four points, uh, two rebounds, did have the three turnovers, um, which obviously, you you know, they play so disciplined and, you know, you don't want to have necessarily have your big men, uh, you know, um, sort of, let's, let's call it ruining the work of everybody else and turning over the ball. So, you know, he's still trying to figure out exactly where he's, uh, where he fits into this one. Uh, let's move to group G and that had, uh, we saw Turk Telecom Ankara, uh, knock off Eagle Kea 94, 86, uh, Turk Telecom moves to five and one Eagle Kea three and three and Eagle Kea get the present from Limoges, uh, who knock off Hapo Jerusalem 88, 50, 88, 83, both teams at two and four. So Eagle Kea go in, uh, to the. Uh, to the playoffs. Yeah, so what you got? I mean, I think that the Gokea are the only team who advanced on 3-3 three and three record. So you could say they were a bit lucky. But at the same time, I mean, in this group, with two final eight teams from last season and a perennial juggernaut like Limongin, there's no luck. Like, I mean, you had to earn every single win you had. So basically... Congratulations to Igokea for making it through, and they're going to be a tough matchup, even though they're not the biggest name in European competition. People who have been following the Adriatic League know everything about Igokea, about their toughness, and the one word only comes to mind, solid. You cannot break them by part. There will be no 20-point defeats for this team. They just, they're built so solid together that they I mean, they don't show a lot of emotion. They just keep on doing their thing, and they're big, they're strong, and they're going to be a horrible matchup for every single team in Class 16. Yeah, uh, uh, you'll hear plenty more on that uh, from Anthony Clemens. Uh, 
they, you know, and, they, and this is a Turk Telecom team that that uh, really is uh, still considered one of the favorites, and and Eagle Kid was right there with them, you know, and um, and you know they they're they're working in Stephen Gray, who obviously with Peristeri, you know, he he after first couple of uh, game days, you know, he was you know mentioned as a possible MVP with uh, how he was playing, and you know, seven points, struggled a little bit from three point range, uh, but didn't turn the ball over in 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 sixteen minutes. Um, and, uh, you know, the other, the other note, uh, the, my one note from, from the Limoges game, you know, ho-hum, another close game, right? For, for Limoges. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, all right, group H, let's finish off the, the, the games. Uh, Happy Kassim Brindisi, uh, uh, ended up losing at home to the reigning champions, Harita San Paulo Burgos, 90 to 86. And then, uh, Philoist and, uh, bid farewell. Uh, with a 77-67 victory over Dasha Faka. Um So what you got? Um, really sad to see that D'Angelo Harrison got injured in the Brindisi game, but it's still, I don't think that's as a serious of an injury that it first appeared because of the, when he went down and just stayed on the floor, I was thinking like, this is done. The season is over and everything, but uh, it seems that there could be some hope for him to be back. I mean, he's got a month to heal to be back for the playoffs right. and the PCL. But at the same time, you're sad to see him this time because of the way that Brindisi season has been going and because they have a have an opportunity to do something in Italy over the February and trying to win the Italian Cup. Yeah, uh, I'm going to actually go over to the Burgos side. Uh, first of all, exciting game. Um, even though... You know, okay, you go on the one or two. Um, it didn't really have uh, the 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 uh, the. It was an exciting game. Yeah, you know, close game. Eighteen lead changes. Ten points was biggest lead. You know, you saw two two really high level teams. Um, my my note was Burgos. Um, Maxime Salas, you know, was mentioned obviously in the standout performances. Uh, Twenty points, five, uh, four of five on the threes. Played 28 minutes, uh, and I wanted to note that because he's only played more than 12 minutes once so far in his six ACB games. Um, so, and you saw, I mean, you saw for with Smoky Mints what he can do, and now you you see that he's able to get integrated, I think is probably the, the best way to say into this machine that is Burgos and also to really excel. And I'm sorry, the rest of the league, give them another guy who can take over a game for minutes and, and you know, give you a punch, you know, give you like, uh, you know, a couple of roundhouses and, and uh, just, uh, you know, like, wait, where I didn't, re- oh, I forgot this guy's there too, man. So Yeah, we, we got to play more minutes than usual because Ken Horton wasn't with the team so basically he covered that position and also Alex Remtro wasn't with the team so it was they they kind of had to adjust their lineups but at the same time they showed their mentality and it was a big game for them because if you're Burgos you want to win the group otherwise you could have ended up with Zaragoza and you never want to play your compatriots and event like this because it usually was the reason of the upsets in the history of BCL, like season one with Karshiaka taking out 
Besiktas, which was probably the best Besiktas over the last five or six years. And you had, uh, in 2018, you had uh, Uka taking out uh, Tenerife, who were playing their best basketball back then. So you kind of want to avoid the domestic matchup. Even when you consider the 2020 Final Eight, Tenerife against Zaragoza, I mean, nobody would have picked Zaragoza to win that game based on their domestic runs, but somehow some kind of weird matchup situation made it happen and Tenerife couldn't even reach the semifinals. So it was important for Burgos to win this game and kind of feel more safe about being the top seed for the next round. Uh, my Well said. Correct as well. Uh, my my only note on the Ostend game was, uh, you know, just to to keep it going. Uh, you know, you had you had Fundiverst, you have Tsula Nakic, um, and uh, for the second straight game, we saw um, the nineteen year old Belgian um, Belgian international uh, Belgian. Uh, 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 big man Harris Bratanovic uh, had seven points in six minutes. The game against Brindisi two games ago, he had nine points in 15 minutes. Um, and then another one, actually he didn't play against uh, Dasha Faka, but he did play against Brindisi is uh, Xander uh, Pendleton. And, uh, you know, we had we had Coach Jerja on the show last week, and and he's really, really high on, on Pendleton. So, uh, and he's only 18. He's uh, 2003. He just turned 18, uh, uh, whatever it is, a couple weeks ago. Uh, so he's only just turned 18. He'll play this entire year as an 18-year-old. Um, so the the young guys just keep coming in for uh, for, for, for Ostend. Yeah, it's a, it's a system. We've talked about it so much, and really can't wait to see them next next time around. All right, let's go to overtime. Uh, stat of the week. What do you got? Zero. Uh, that's the amount of minutes that Peristeri led in the game against uh, uh, Riga, and they could have advanced to the next round, so that's about as crazy a stat as I could have offered, but that Zorix three-pointer sent Peristeri back home. Uh, I'm going to stay in that, and I thought you were going to use sort of a variation of my stat. Um, 16. Uh, I, I I know you call the... Uh, I know you call Halone the Houston Rockets of the Basketball Champions yeah. League, but wasn't it the Rockets who missed something crazy like 23... Uh, 23 three-pointers in a row or something like that on a playoff game. Was that right? Um, probably. Any, I think, I think it sounds correct. <laughs> yeah. Well, for some reason that was in my head. But anyhow, the, um, Favriga, uh, you know, they were winning this game by 18 points. And from the third quarter until I think it was, I can't remember exactly when it was, it was somewhere around three, three minutes or so, they missed 16 three-pointers in a row. Um, and, and, uh, and then, but they were, but the game was still tied after they missed their 16. So, so that just shows you how, also how strong that defense was that they, you know, they, they didn't let, uh, Paris Terry have anything. So, um, yeah, 16 three pointers in a row. You did, and you just saw it because you're like, they have to hit one of these. And then no, nope, 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 nope. It was just, it was pretty crazy. Uh, overreaction. Uh, Friday, um, you know, I'm going to say, uh, it's not quite negative, but it, I guess it tends toward negative, but, um, 
for some reason, I, I can't remember exactly, but it seems like I, I, we we had a stat before that Turk Telecom only had like maybe two points from their bench. Could that have been earlier this season? Yeah, I think so. Um, first or second game. I'm I'm start I'm starting to get a little bit worried, maybe a little bit worried about the depth. Um, you know, they had all five of the starters. Their starters, you know, I think you know, I think you could argue best starting five. Only eleven points from the rest of the of the rest of the team, and the rest was three players. They only had thirty two minutes from the rest of their team, um, and and you know they needed to hit sixty sixty one percent of their three pointers to beat Egokea by uh, by you know eight points. You know, so you know if there's a foul, if there's foul trouble, um, if there's an injury, is is um, uh, Jones? No, who's um, who's injured? He's not coming back. The point guard, right? You know, what I'm talking about right from Turk Telecom. Uh, brother in the uh, Ennis, 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 Tyler Ennis, Tyler Ennis. He is he coming back? He's not. I don't think, if not, if only maybe final eight, maybe if that even right. So I mean, if they get injured, if they come into a game with some foul trouble, so I'm, I'm a little bit. My overreaction to 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 tie it up is a little bit worried about the depth of Turk Telecom Ankara. Um, my overreaction is kind of the negative this time around. Oh because, man, who are you, and what did you do with Igor? Yeah, I've been talking to Dave a lot. Uh, <laughs> I'm really worried about Hapoel Jerusalem about not making the top sixteen over here and. Kind of worried that it could be uh, an end of an era with them, with Odette Katash and everything they've done. And it could be a sign of slower times in Jerusalem, let's call it like that. And not really sure if they can be considered the number one Israeli team over here right now because they didn't advance while Kapal Holland did advance. So my reaction is basically like, I'm really worried that couple of Jerusalem's two best seasons went to waste in the Basketball Champions League without making that final push to win the title. Yeah, I mean, um, shoot, who's the who's the, the, the shooter who uh, uh, ate eight threes in games and he went to a mid-level Spanish team? James Feldin. Feldin, right, you know. So, I mean, you know, if, if, he's, if they're not able to you know, Corona. Who knows uh, what uh, what uh, the business situation is there, and yeah. um, and they're not able to uh, to keep these guys. Uh, you know, who knows? So yeah, good good one there. Uh, cool. Did you did you know? Uh, you want to go first, or should I? No, go for it. Go for it. Uh, Michael Gilmore is playing for Ostend. He is part Belgium because his mom is from Belgium. His uncle played over there in Castors, and he's also the nephew of the great artist Gilmore. Okay, nephew. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh... That, that's a lot of, I, think, I think he actually made the national team debut for Belgium. Uh, nickname of artist Gilmore? I'm trying to remember. I'm not really sure. Okay. I'm not good with it. I was a, a, a young Bulls fan. He was, he was before... Uh, he was in those lean years before Jordan came with Woolridge and what, whatnot. Did you know, uh, we've talked about this guy plenty. Um, and so this is a, should be a fun one. David Kravish 
uh, he went to California, the University of um, he went to the University of California to actually study medicine and become a doctor. Mm. Yeah, and and actually, it was his coach. Uh, I'm going to say Mike Montgomery, which might be wrong, who convinced him that oh, you're not going to need uh, medicine uh, because you're going to become a pretty good basketball player. I think that he said that in his sophomore year or something like that. So there you go. Yeah. He still has time after he's done playing. Too. Yeah, wasn't it? Isn't Paul Gazzo? Wasn't he uh, sort of on that uh, doctor yeah. doctor yeah. Uh, thing as well? Kind of. Yeah, he kind of explores into that stuff. I think he participated in a surgery or something like that mm, right, just right. to see how it feels and everything but i'm not sure he kind of went all the way with it all right um we 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 did one of these last week uh team one of the the eliminated team from group a uh group e to h uh that we will miss the most i guess it's my turn um you know I, i'm gonna go because I, I i write the youth column um uh, homegrown for the website and i'm going to say ostent uh because for me it's always fun to to see all of these kids get an exam uh, get a chance to opportunity to play at such a high level and to um you know to 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 learn you know um take their lumps learn by mistakes and 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 have a coach uh who's willing to uh let them do that and so um just the fact that you know we were able to see Silla and his development from last season to this season, Funda first and his development, uh, Nakic, who unfortunately uh, I think has a, a little ankle injury or something like that, wasn't able to play the last two games. So, um, yeah, that's 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 the team. That's the team. I I I, I think I'll miss. I have a feeling I know who you're going to say, but go for it. Yeah, I kind of touched upon this but it's going to be Jerusalem yeah. just because of everything they did and the offensive rating records that they've set over the previous two seasons and now we're not going to get to see them in the top 16 um, and then the last one is player from those eliminated teams from groups E to H that you will miss the most and I'll let you go uh, I'm going to go with Augustas Marcellionis even though he's still just a youngster and is barely contributing in numbers the way that a big player should contribute. I just enjoy watching him. I remember watching him for the first time in the under-16s in Ovisad in 2018 and thinking how much older he feels on the court than he actually is. And he was able to kind of use that same kind of panache and build it through his first professional season, basically, on this kind of level. So I enjoyed seeing him play. He still got the same kind of jump stop on his second uh, step towards the, the rim. He's working on his shot. He's got the assists. He's got the looks. So really going to miss seeing him because in this league, we've had so many young talents growing right in front of our eyes. And he's really one of them. Yeah, if you want to uh, read more about him, there was um, there was a piece in the homegrown about him. So go to the website and, and, and check that one out. Um, I, I'm going to actually say, uh, I was initially I wrote down Jacobin Brown, but I think I'm actually going to say Tayshawn Thomas. Um, you know, this is a guy, people who've listened to the show over the last, uh, two seasons know how much I, I, I really like, uh, his game and everything he's done. He, he hasn't been able to kind of 
uh, do some of the things that he's done in the past, but, uh, I just, I, I love his game and, um, and, and, and there's the little things that he does too. And, um, so I, I, I let you take the team, uh, but I'm going to say, uh, yeah. Tayshawn Thomas, I'm going to miss him a lot. Yep. All right. So here's, uh, let's go to my interview with, uh, with, uh, Igo Kea's, uh, playmaker, uh, boss, um, and Anthony Clemens, um, uh, we'll cut you on the other side of that. So on the show this week, we have Anthony Clemens from Egokea. Anthony, um, thanks for taking some time out. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Definitely an honor. Um, so you guys uh, reached the Basketball Champions League playoffs. Uh, how does it feel to have that goal uh, of the season achieved? Uh, definitely a huge accomplishment. I think it was one of the things that, you know, we looked forward to. Uh, definitely wasn't the expectation, you know, but everybody as a competitor, uh, you want to, you know, advance. You know, I, I think that's the name of the game. It's, you know, pretty much win, survive, and advance, you know, and whatever you do. So it definitely was a big accomplishment, huge accomplishment for the club and huge accomplishment for the players. We'll go into some of the games uh, in, in a second. I was just, uh, you guys on the final game day, you lost to Turk Telecom, but Limoges ended up uh, uh, beating Hapo Jerusalem. Any plans to send Limoges a thank you present? Oh, man, it's a huge thank you to them. Uh, I think everybody <laughs> in the locker room was, you know, pretty much saying, like, we're fans of Limoges until the end of the season, you know, for uh, definitely getting that job done for us and helping us. Uh, you know, advance, you know, through to the next round. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I noticed that you didn't play in the qualifiers. Mm -hmm. Uh, you guys, uh, the team went through, uh, Cluj first, yeah. um, had a, had, had a little bit of a scare. It was an 18 point lead and it was down to uh, four in the final two minutes. And then you guys got through sporting, um, maybe just what did it mean for, for the, the club, uh, to to reach this uh, to reach this competition for the first time in history, uh, man, it's it's huge, you know, because like you said, me 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 being a missing piece, you know, in those qualifying games, you never know how how they were going to turn out, you know, and it's you know, like you say, it's you know, you lose one game, you're pretty much done. Um, so you know, to to kind of go in there and compete, and, you know, finish out strong and allow ourselves the opportunity to be in Champions League. I think it shows you the value of what our team, you know, is, you know, and I think, uh, you know, they showed it. And I was super supportive, you know, throughout the time that I wasn't there. But, uh, you know, I'm happy our guys gave us the opportunity to, you know, get into this, this situation. And, you know, my payback was, you know, to perform at the best of my possibilities uh, to help us, you know, get be able to advance. And then the reward was uh, Hapu Jerusalem, Turk Telecom, and Limoges in the group. Uh, uh, I guess I guess it's the Basketball Champions League. So, uh, you know, and you have to expect to be among the the top teams in the continent. What were your what was your what were your thoughts? What was the team's thoughts when when you saw that? Uh, you know, it's unbelievable. You know, but it's one of those things that we all, you know, we the group of guys that we have, you know, we're young, talented, you know, and motivated. You know, we have, you know, experience, you know, of guys that played throughout Europe. Uh, but, you know, I a lot of the guys, you know, you know, pretty much stayed throughout the ABBA League. You know, even in 
you know, the club's history, you know, like this is, you know, a huge opportunity. And I think this is something that, you know, we all embrace, you know, I think, and that's what, you know, that's why we play, you know, as hard as we do uh, each and every game, because we know, you know, this opportunity doesn't get, doesn't reach out to everybody. You know, you think about how many clubs, you know, tried or wanted to be in a position that we were in. You know, we just left it all out on the floor, you know, in each and every game. So I think that's the chip that we play with. And, you know, we can live with, you know, if a team's better or, you know, we just didn't somehow the ball didn't bounce our way. But as long as we give our all and fight, you know, to the best of our abilities, you know, I think, you know, the club and the players all have an understanding and is okay with the results. And then you guys lost the first game uh, at, at Limoges. And then you actually, uh, back in the Adriatic League, uh, beat Partizan, which is obviously one of the one of the best teams uh, in that competition as well. Maybe how much how much confidence did that give you guys going into that the the big uh, first home game on uh, November 11th against Turk Telecom? Which which I mean, you have to admit, for a lot of observers, yeah, was a big surprise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure, you know, and a lot of people don't know, but, you know, the bumps and bruises that we, you know, had, I mean, obviously it's not an excuse, you know, but Jackie Carmichael, he was out, you know, versus Lamoche and Johnny, our other big man, he was, you know, he had, you know, some type of rupture and, you know, in his lower and it's somewhere in his uh, growing area. Uh, so, you know, we were lacking uh, big guys, you know, we didn't have, but we had guys that were willing to step up and, you know, play, a hard, play, you know, as hard as they can in that position. And like you see in the first game, most big man, he had probably his best performance throughout the, you know, you know, throughout the, uh, that season or the first round. So, uh, you know, throughout this whole journey, you know, leading up to now, like we had a lot of bumps and bruises, but I think that's the beauty of our team. You know, when one person goes down, you know, we have another guy that can, you know, step up each and every moment. And, uh, you know, when we were able to get Jackie back um, and Johnny was able to kind of recover, you know, going into that Partizan game, you know, we just felt like we had an opportunity. You know, everybody's pumped up. Partizan is Partizan. So you don't really need, you know, the, the, uh, the, uh, I guess, you know, people pumping you up to get ready for that game, you know, like, you know, you don't need that extra motivation. So, um, you know, everybody was ready, you know, and obviously we got guys that are red star fans, you know, so like, you know, battling against part design, you know, that's another chip on their shoulder to have, you know? So, um, I think it was, you know, just, it just shows you what type of team that we have, you know, whenever we play, whoever we play against, you know, we just go out and fight and, you know, play the best of our abilities. And what did you think when that, when that game, that game against Turk Telecom was over? I mean, you guys had, uh, you know, bounced back and, you know, and, and put together a, a victory against a team, which many thought that, uh, you know, if they had had more time to prepare, would have mm-hmm. had a, given a good run uh, at the final eight. Yeah. I mean, a win versus that caliber of team, obviously you, you know, you can go into, you know, their budget and, you know, the the players that they have, you know, they're all high level players, you know, guys that have been in the NBA and have NBA minutes. Uh, you know, these guys are good, you know, and I told the guys at the end of the at the last game that we just, you know, played and lost. You know, we probably won't play another team 
you know, as talented as those guys are, you know, throughout, you know, it's a reason why they're your favorite, you know, and, you know, when we were able to come out and perform and play, uh, beat them, you know, on our home court, you know, it just shows that, you know, we can fight against anybody, you know, no matter. At the end of the day, I always tell myself and I try to, you know, mold into my team, my teammates uh, that, you know, at the end of the game, we're playing basketball, you know, they wake up and shoot and work out just like we do. You know, so like just be confident in yourself and, you know, you live to fight. You know, that's what we do. And that's what this game is. And then you guys uh, in that really crazy back to back, I think it was a day in between the Hapo Jerusalem games there in, in, in Bosnia, Herzegovina. You know, not many teams can say they beat Turk Telecom and Hapo Jerusalem in back to back games. You yeah. guys did it. Um, and I, I think that uh, a certain level of 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 them being that much deeper um, than you guys and, and just, and that having a big impact on, on you being able to recover uh, for that, uh, for the, for the return game, just that, you know, the next day or two days later kind of played a bigger role in them uh, beating you then on the 24th. Uh, but, you know, maybe just go into those two games and, and uh, what it meant for you guys to, you know, really hold court at home, even though they were both at home, but at least yeah. getting one of those victories. Yeah, so like as you see, obviously, if we don't get that win versus Drew in the first game, you know, we don't advance, you know, clear as that, you know. So uh, we knew we had to get one at least, you know, and our objective was, you know, to be able to win a away game. Uh, but did we? I mean, we never had that opportunity. Well, we didn't have the opportunity with losing to Telecom and Jerusalem playing at home twice. But, uh, if you look at those rosters and then you look at our roster, obviously you believe that those guys are the favorites, you know, anybody in Europe will probably say that because, you know, a lot of our guys are unknown, but that's the chip that we all play at. You know, we are looking, you know, to put Ego Kea on that, on that platform as, you know, we produce and we bring out, we, we have good players, you know, at the end of the day that can play against the best top players, you know, in this league or, you know, further along, you know. So, uh, again, I think we walk in and we work out and we put in the work every day, just like everybody else. But I think our chip on our shoulder to uh, just embrace who we are and, you know, play for Ego Kea and, you know, represent, you know, what we are. I think that's that's the chip that we we have, you know, and I think that's what gives us an edge because a lot of people overlook us. And obviously in this first round, you can say, OK, they were qualifying. You, you just didn't expect, you know, what we have, you know, and what we were bringing, you know, to the table. So everybody probably thought it was a cakewalk. Uh, but I think we show now and I think, you know, going into the next round, a lot of people would not underestimate us anymore. Uh, we like to to go back um, and kind of get to know uh, the uh, the players in our league and kind of where they came up. And uh, you're from you're from Lansing, mm-hmm. um, uh, Michigan, and and anybody who has a little bit of knowledge of of, of college basketball knows Lansing and has an association of actually East Lansing, which is obviously the home of of Michigan State. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was you know Lansing is also home of of Magic Johnson, Sam Vincent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with Michigan State really uh, for so many years being such a huge institution in college basketball, um, maybe what was it like 
growing up in that community. I mean, it's not Detroit. Right. Um, and, uh, and, and so maybe do, what was the basketball like in, uh, in Lansing, East Lansing, you know, how much, how present is Michigan state and, um, and then maybe a couple of role models that you, oh, that man. you, uh, you know, Michigan state is probably has the biggest impact on Lansing in general. Everybody's, you know, I would say Lansing is 95% Michigan state and maybe 5% Michigan, you know, um, but, you know, the guys are into the community, you know, Draymond Green was, you know, hands-on with everybody. Like I know him personally, uh, you know, Kalen Lucas, you know, came through there, Travis Walton. I know him personally, you know, with those guys and uh, the Flintstones, all those Mateen Cleves, like, you know, I can talk to him to this day. Like, I mean, a lot of Michigan State players, you know, I think that's why they're so great in that community because, you know, they're so hands-on. They'll come to high school games. Uh, You know, some of us have access, you know, to come watch them practice or like even play open gym with the guys, you know, and, um, you know, I think Michigan State is a family, you know, and I think that was well known. And I think they showed it. I have a relationship with Tom Izzo. You know, he lets me come, even when I was at the University of Iowa, like I would come back in the summer and, you know, he'll let me work out with his guys, you know, and, um, you know, I, I think that's, that's why they're so special in our community. And I think, you know, in general, in college basketball, because how family oriented they are, you know, and how they carry themselves. And, um, you know, to me, Michigan State has, you know, a piece of my heart because obviously I grew up watching them and they helped me become, you know, that tough guard that they produce, you know, you know, growing up watching them and seeing how Izzo is so hard on, you know, that his guys and, you know, I kind of embrace that, you know, that's just kind of all I know, you know, uh, when it comes to this basketball, you know, and I know they do it or he does it, you know, to get the best out of his guys. So, you know, my high school coach, you know, he was a Michigan State alumni, he's a mentor of mine, uh, actually my best friend's father. Uh, and that's how he coached us. You know, I've been coached by him since I was, you know, eight years old. So, uh, you know, they kind of embrace that culture inside of us, you know, so like, you know, coming into the professional world, you learn how to fight through adversity, hard times and tough situations on the basketball court. Um, and you mentioned high school uh, at Sexton, you and Denzel Valentine of, uh, with the Chicago Bulls, Brian Forbes from uh, Milwaukee. Um, you guys won three straight um, conference championships and two, uh, no, I guess three Class B state titles. Uh, yeah. Maybe you know, as as uh, you know, knowing that there's that there's there's still that beast there that is Detroit basketball and everything else. Mm-hmm. What does it mean for you guys to go and, and win three straight uh, state titles? I mean, it it just showed us. You know, I think. Well, we won two. Uh, we went to three straight. Uh, you know, the first one we okay. lost. We were sophomores. Uh, ended up losing to Detroit Country Day. Uh, Ray McCallum, you know, he put on the show okay. and kind yeah, of pretty okay. much embarrassed us, you know. But, you know, we hung that on our shoulder and chip. And we remember that, you know, that feeling of losing, you know. And I don't know the history. A lot of people don't know the history of, you know, me and my best friends, me, Denzel and Brent. Like I said, we've been together since I was eight years old. You know, throughout we played football, AAU basketball together. We did not lose, you know, and it's like, and that's not over exaggerating. Like, through 
novice football from eight years old to 14. You know, I only lost one football game my whole life. And then I went into high school. Uh, even in basketball, we went to Tennessee. Uh, you know, we won championships in Indiana, like all through everything that we could possibly went to. You know, we were either in the finals or we were, we were we won it, you know. So, like, winning was, like, a thing for us, you know. And, you know, to get to that moment, the big stage we knew playing at Michigan State, the Breslin, like, that was, like, the big thing to do in high school. And we had that opportunity. So, like, we figured we will win and we lost. And not just lost, we got pretty much embarrassed. Uh, but we were young, you know, and we attacked it after that. It was just – I don't know how to pretty much put it, but like it really put a lot of fire in us, you know, even from our training staff. You know, I think we went, we worked out right after the day after, you know, um, like we didn't, it didn't even happen. So uh, we had a mission, you know, and then obviously the work and, you know, all the things that we did to, you know, win those two, it spoke for itself, you know, and, you know, I'm, those memories, you know, it's just, they can't be, you know, replaced because you know, the time that you put in together, you know, we remember that feeling of losing to this day and, you know, we just never wanted to feel that way again. So uh, yeah, we did that. And that's why, you know, we are who we are. And, and then you went to Iowa uh, and you played, you played some, you played pretty good minutes as a, as a, as a freshman, and then that sophomore season kind of was a was a was a dip in playing time. Had a couple of pretty good good guys in there at your position. Maybe talk about how that um, that uh, struggle, you know, kind of helped and 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 coming out of it stronger helped you become the guy you are. Yeah. So you know, freshman year, obviously coming in, you know, two two state two two straight titles. Uh, you know, I know my best friends was playing. You know, Brent was at Cleveland State at the time, and Denzel was at Michigan State. And I, you know, I had a lot of confidence going there. Like, I knew I was an inner city kid. I, I knew Michigan State. Like, so Michigan State, I felt like I was a part of that Michigan State, you know, brand, you know, and I was bringing that to Iowa, you know, to kind of change that culture. Um, and I came in, I knew that, you know, I worked my way into the starting lineup. You know, I got the lineup, and, you know, like you said, I was playing you know, at a high level at one point and, you know, obviously college and, you know, the time and everything, the freshman wall, everything, that stuff hits you. And I believe that stuff is real, you know, but like you kind of lose sight because, you know, you're so uplifted because obviously I was in the starting lineup, you know, I was playing, you know, we were winning, we were doing stuff that I haven't seen, you know, all the fans love you. And then going into sophomore year, you know, I started out good and then, I just lost focus of what I was there for. And, uh, you know, that adversity helped me uh, because I was able to kind of, you know, rewind, you know, do some self-evaluation and, you know, come to myself and who I really was. And, you know, I went back to work. And I think those two years after that, prior to that, you know, pretty much showed, you know, that's why I'm in a position I'm in now, you know, uh, and that's why I'm able to handle a lot of situations that I go through because I went through some of the toughest, you know, challenges, you know, when I was, you know, 20 years old, 19, 20 years old, 
you know, I had to face them as a man. You know, I was, you know, seven hours, six to seven hours away from my family, had no one to talk to, uh, different culture. Uh, I was just alone, but, you know, I had to face that adversity and, you know, come to, you know, my faith and, you know, dig into who I really am, you know, and that's what created, you know, who I am today. And then you landed in, uh, in Vienna of all places. Um, not, not necessarily known for, for, um, being a basketball powerhouse. Um, maybe what was it like to start your professional journey in, in, in Austria? Uh, it was different, you know, but I think that was, you know, it was, it was, it was the best thing for me, you know, because it allowed me to one showcase, and gain confidence of the player that I could be, you know, at that point in Iowa, you know, I was, you know, I was, I would say the third guy, I'm saying between third, third guy, you know, um, into my season. So, so uh, Vienna allowed me to be the number one guy, the guy that I always wanted to be uh, and kind of lead the team and, you know, gain confidence, you know, and, basically run a team and I was able to have the keys as soon as I got in as a rookie and uh, they let they just was like go you know and I didn't know European basketball I didn't know like situations I just was there to kind of do a job and you know in my mind I was just trying to figure out who I was as a player and I think that opportunity allowed me to you know leave that situation with more confidence. It allowed me to, you know, trust in my ability and understand that there are levels to European basketball and there's a, there's levels to the game of basketball. And then came Astana with, uh, in Kazakhstan. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually a pretty, pretty good, uh, grouping of, of guys. You had Larry Gordon who'd, who'd, uh, uh, accomplished some things, Justin Carter, um, Ike Udina, who I don't know, maybe you even knew, uh, from Detroit at yeah. all. Um, and then, uh, uh Leonidas Kasalakis, uh, Greek, uh, guy from the, from, uh, really a very strong generation played with some great players there. Um, maybe what did you, what did you think about going there? Um, and then obviously two years there, you know, with back-to-back titles. Um, yeah. I mean, that must've been a pretty good feeling, you know, brought you back your days with, with, uh, with, uh, Forbes and, and, uh, and Valentine probably, no? Yeah. Uh, so I was, you know, not really familiar with the VTB. I didn't even know that the VTB was the VTB <laughs> at that okay. point. You know, yeah. but I knew uh, Aaron White played in the VTB. He was with Zenet. So I once Your teammate I from out, Iowa, yeah, for those who yeah, don't yeah, for, yeah. Your teammate at Iowa. Uh, so I instantly contacted him and asked him about, you know, Astana and pretty much, you know, pretty much the league in general. You know, I'm like, well, if Aaron's in that league, played in that league, I know it has to be, you know, pretty much, it has to be good. You know, so yeah. Uh, yeah. contacted him, got the information. I was so you know, from that point. Uh, and, you know, I didn't know Larry. I didn't know Justin. I didn't know uh, Kassel at that moment. Uh, EK kind of, but not really. I didn't know him personally, but I know of him. Um, and once I got there, you know, it was like I'm in another rookie season. You know, my coach was telling me, uh, 
yeah, you're a rookie because this is a different type of basketball. Obviously, your VTB is, you know, in the top two, you know, under I would say probably under Spain. I mean, from people's perspective, uh, the second best league, in, you know, over here. So um, definitely compared to Austria, yeah, it's a step up. Yeah, it's, it's definitely <laughs> like <laughs> 10 times, <laughs> 10 times, you know, uh, but you know, I, I just, I was another, I was another rookie into that situation, uh, you know, and I I knew Justin Carter played EuroLeague, so he pretty much took me under his wing, you know, and I had to pretty much regain a different level of confidence in who I was. Like, I knew what I did in Austria, but I knew, like, that's when I knew there's a different level of basketball, you know, and the Astana situation made me realize and feel like, okay, this is, okay, this is real basketball. You know, this is a different situation. Like, I really have to know the game. You're playing against Cheska, uh, Kempke, you know, Zanette, uh, like, one of the top teams, you know. So, like, I knew I had to bring it, you know, each and every night, no matter who we play. Uh, you know, so Justin pretty much took me under his wing. You know, like I said, the guys that I had, you know, helped me you know, uh, learn another level of European basketball. They helped me. They trusted me. They believed in me. Uh, I was able to, you know, run the team, you know, for the most part. Uh, but, you know, Justin Carter was the guy, you know. Uh, so he showed me, you know, what it's like to be the guy on that level. And I just pretty much, you know, picked, picked what I could from him, you know, and grabbed a lot of information. Larry you know, help me, you know, grow. EK, you know, help me grow with my confidence. Uh, you know, and I still talk to those guys to this day, you know, because they were a big part of, you know, why I am who I am today, you know, and what allowed me to have success in the VTV. Two seasons there. We'll come back to Kazakhstan. Uh, uh, two seasons there. And then you, you went down, went to France, uh, French League, and played for uh, uh, Monaco and and played with two Obviously, guys with a lot of experience um, that you can learn from as well, with Norris Cole uh, and and Debost. Um, maybe you know you you just talked about Justin Carter. Maybe what was it like uh, picking the brains of those two guys? I mean, that was a, um, another unbelievable you know experience and opportunity. You know, like I said, like throughout my experiences, you know, growing in European basketball, like I've been truly grateful to have you know, these caliber of players, you know, that I can pick from, you know, I can just, you know, they helped me in so many ways. D-Boss helped me, you know, learn how to control and run a team, you know, in all different ways, you know, um, as a leader, he was, you know, tremendous, you know, he was super vocal, you know, he, un he, he helped me understand how vocal you need to be as a point guard. You know, that was one of the things that, you know, he emphasized to me, he was like, bro, if you gonna play at the highest level EuroLeague, because he has EuroLeague experience, like, you need to talk more, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, if people play with me and they know me, like, they know I'm like the silent killer, you know? I'm not the guy that's gonna be out there, you know, rah, 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 yelling, you know? I'm, you know, a guy that boosts up my team, my teammates, you know, I talk to them individually in my voice like this, and then I make the plays, you know, the winning plays, you know, even like this has been my role all throughout my, in my life, you know, with everybody I play with, always been a solid guy. 
of a killer, you know, and it's it's rare that you find a point guard like that. But, you know, D helped me. Like he said, you need to be more vocal. Norris, you know, he, he just helped me understand, like, you're really a good you're you're a really good basketball player you know and you need to show it you know you don't have to take the back seat to nobody like go out and be that dog that you are so he helped me you know bring that out of me you know so like i'm like all right but that's I, a that's a two-time nba champ that's, that's what i'm that. saying so like <laughs> he's been around some of the greats you know what i'm saying yeah. at that point so like for him to yeah. be like oh yeah you're you know, like you're that guy you know what i'm saying he was saying i was that guy on the team that he was on. So it was like, mm-hmm. it was one of those things like, well, if he believed that it's, you know, like I can be something. Like I know, I already knew it, but it's, it's better. It's something else when somebody like him tells you that. Exactly. So like he tells me yeah. that and, you know, obviously, you know, the coach, the relationship I have with, you know, my coaches, previous coaches and, you know, that coach Sasha Obronovich uh, in that moment. You know, for those guys to tell me, you know, that I am a high-level player and I have the qualities of a high-level player, obviously experiences, experience of age and, you know, growing, it plays a factor in that. But, you know, for to get validation from those guys too, like, you know, that just helped me, you know, take my step, take take more steps up, you know, and, and believing in myself. So, uh, you know, those guys have been great for me. You know, I still talk to D and Norris to this day too you know i talk to just I, I talk to everybody you know for the most part they try to keep up because to them i'm you know the young guy the young bull you know that played under them and you know that you know was basically that up and coming so i just try to learn as much as i could for them and apply it uh let's let's test your 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 um knowledge of your calendar uh let's go back to december 13th 2018 December 13th, 2018. I would say 2018. December 13th. I, I was in Astana. I would say either Kim. Yeah, it was Kim Key or Zenit. Nope. It was uh, you getting a passport. Oh, shoot. <laughs> oh, that was, yeah, that, that, that was beautiful. Uh, Talk about that. Talk to me. So, so you, uh, you, you gain the passport of the, you gain a Kazakhstan passport. Um, uh, it was actually on the eve of independence day for Kazakhstan mm-hmm. as well. Uh, maybe just talk about that, that uh, moment, how it kind of, you know, built up whatever and, and what it meant for you to, to get that passport. Uh, it was unbelievable. You know, the love and, you know, what they share with me, like the ceremony of me getting that was, you know, beautiful. I never expected it. You know, you hear about people, you know, Americans getting uh, European passports all the time, but you don't realize how special it is until it happens to you. Um, And what they did for me and, you know, like I said, me going into them, them giving me an opportunity my second year. I think they were one of the reasons why I'm in the position I'm in now, you know, because they were willing to give me an opportunity and to embrace me as one of them you know, to become, you know, a citizen of Kazakhstan. I think that was, you know, the beautiful like moment for me in my life and my journey, you know, of me playing basketball. Uh, you know, I'm, I still talk to those guys, you know, and I'm like, I'm close with the president, you know, with the coach Emil that's still there. 
you know, I'm pretty hands-on, you know, with Kazakhstan. You know, they embraced my fiance. Like, they were offering her jobs and allowing her. Like, they just made everything, you know, comfortable for me. And, you know, what I had going on, you know, it was all for, you know, my journey. And they just wanted to help me, uh, you know, and make it the best experience that I can have, you know, as a as a citizen. So uh, that was a special day, man. Uh, the present that I got, you know, it was a crazy watch, you know, but, man, it was insane, man. Uh, as part of the national, as part of a, having the passport, you could play for the national team and you got a chance to play at the World Cup, uh, FIBA Basketball World Cup 2019 Asian qualifiers. Yeah. This was in the February 2019 windows, uh, window, two home games against Australia. Pretty good team. <laughs> and uh, against, uh, you got to see exactly how good Andre Blatch could be, uh, Philippines. Uh, he had 41 and 13, uh, mm -hmm. you're 29 and, and you're 27 and nine assists mm -hmm. weren't quite enough. Um, just, I mean, everybody wants to play for their country. You know, you get to, to play again for your, let's call it adopted country. What did that mean for you? And, and, and talk about the experience of playing against, um, you know, two really strong teams in Asia, uh, Austria, Australia and Philippines. It meant a lot, man, because you don't really realize, you know, how, how special that moment is, you know, obviously, you know, People are like, oh, yeah, we get to play the national team, you know, but the guys that, you know, are from that that region in general, like people that are, you know, from that country, it's it's like there it's like I would die for this, you know, like for this opportunity. Like a lot of people like you're really representing your country. The whole country is, you know, pretty much on your back and, it, you know, it's so happy that you're getting to represent them you know, in this game, you know, so uh, the experience was great, man. Like, and all of like people around Kazakhstan, you know, reaching out and, you know, just, you know, so happy and grateful that I was a part of it, you know, win or loss, you know, they're, they're for you, you know, they just happy that you're representing them. And, you know, they're, they're, they're happy that you're showcasing that, you know, Kazakhstan is something, you know, and, I think me understanding that even playing against Australia, you know, those weren't, you know, the top guys of Australia, but those guys are playing like, you know, this is, this is a great opportunity. Like, nope. A lot of people don't get this opportunity, you know, to even be in this situation. You could say, Oh yeah, this is just, you know, qualifying games, but like, this is a beautiful moment for the country that you're representing, you know? So like, to have that opportunity to play in these games and, you know, represent the country, man, I'm just so grateful and thankful, you know, just for the opportunity, man. And then uh, last February in the FIBA window, you guys uh, in the window for the FIBA Asia cup qualifiers, uh, you barely were able to knock off Palestine and then you lost by three points to Jordan. Uh, now next, next month is uh, actually uh, the hope is to get into windows uh, with the two Sri Lanka games and the other uh, games against those. Maybe just talk about the qualifying for, for the FIBA Asia Cup. Uh, again, it's going to be another great opportunity. You know, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you want to represent the country, your country as in the best possible way that you can. You know, obviously you want to win, you know, regardless, you know, to show that your country has something to offer in the game of basketball. But 
you know, just being able to do this and showcase, you know, Kazakhstan, I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's a great opportunity and great experience, you know, like, um, I'm just happy that I was able to, you know, come to such a beautiful country and, you know, have such a, the great support that, you know, that they're willing to offer in those moments. So, um, you know, we know it's going to be a battle, you know, as always, you know, because uh, everybody fights as hard as they can. But I'm just truly grateful, you know, to be able to compete in this in this tournament. All right. Let's uh, for those for those who don't know too much about Kazakhstan, we have our, our great source of information right here with us. <laughs> uh, coolest thing about Kazakhstan that nobody knows. Believe it or not, the actual city is so i think they're trying to imitate it as like in between dubai and uh dc so the landscape and obviously kazakhstan they're like oh what's in kazakhstan before it was like a cold and desert it was like a cold desert you know but now it has unbelievable uh you know, tall buildings and like riding through it is actually nice. So like there's only two seasons, <laughs> summer and winter, you know, when summer is over, it goes straight to winter, uh, you know, straight blizzard mode. But like overall, man, it, it's, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful country, you know, Almaty, you know, if you haven't heard, you know, I, I obviously I played in Astana or they call it Nursultan Nurs now, uh, but Almaty has so much to offer. Uh, you know, I, I call it, it's more so like Denver for the people that's familiar with America. Like Denver is pretty much Almaty. So uh, yeah, Kazakhstan, you know, other than it being cold, it has a lot to offer. You know, it's just, are you willing to go there? I think that's, mm -hmm. the, that's, the, that's the thing that you have to get over. Once you get there, like you will be more shocked uh and definitely the architecture of you know the churches that they have you know it's unbelievable um all right the name of the the kazakhstan currency uh so you're now yeah. two years this is your second season outside yeah. so oh my <laughs> not paying in goodness. dollars or euros I know. what are you paying in <laughs> Tinga. okay good there we all go right. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness, I haven't had this in a minute. Uh, when did Kazakhstan become independent? Last question. Jeez. Give me a hint. Was I born? I was born in 1994. You were born. Oh, uh, no, no, no. You were I born in 94. No, you weren't born yet. I'll say 86. Uh, 1991. Freak. <laughs> I should have said in the 90s or 80s. I'm sorry, man. Don't worry about it. Um, all right. Where we go? Let's go. Let's, some more fun. We we like to have our we like to have our our uh, fans of the basketball champions league ask questions to the players. Um, and so here's Kaz basketball. Are you still going to represent Kazakhstan? Yes, I am. I will right. be there on the 15th. Uh and we will be traveling. And I think, I don't know how many, I think we have 
You guys have four four games. Four games in seven days, eight days. So, yeah. Underscore Christos GQA uh, asks, um, well, I mean, you guys have a couple of youngsters on the team, also 20-year-old uh, Dalibor Elich. So advice for young players? Uh, keep working, repetitions. Um, get as much reps as you can, you know, with the game of basketball. Uh, find out what you do well and, you know, just attack that, you know, try to simplify and master what you can. You know, a lot of people say that's the thing to do, you know, and whatever you do, just try to master one thing, you know, uh, and I believe that's true, you know, but you can work on other things, but just get repetitions, you know, and that thing that you're really good at. You don't have to just only focus on if I'm shooting the basketball, that's all I have to do is shoot. Like, yes, it's going to be really good to be really, really, really good at that. But also you can work on other things, but just get as many reps as you can and whatever you do. Mike underscore step. What are your favorite pre and post game meals? Ah, I would say pre game. I have to have like a big breakfast. <laughs> I don't know. Like I love French toast uh, to uh, definitely have like some type of oatmeal with it. it. It's all, it all wavers when, you know, when we play, I'll say late at home, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if we're, if we're at home um, and I'm in at home, I would definitely French toast, oatmeal, uh, try to build up a lot of carbs in me. French toast, oatmeal, uh, potatoes. And then, you know, I'll probably try to substitute meat the protein with like some chickpeas or something, you know, and uh, just try to keep myself carved up, but like actually light, you know, so uh, that uh, post game, uh, it's hard to eat, man. It's hard to eat after a game, you know, so it just really wavers, you know, what's really in front of me at the end of the day. Uh, can't say anything big, but, you know, probably some pasta, you know, just to kind of get something inside me, but it's very hard to eat after a game. Yeah. Underscore John Cherry, game on the line. You pulling or passing? <laughs> I'm definitely, I'm definitely pulling, you know. Uh, it's crazy, you know, because I've been put in this situation, you know, a few times, you know, and, uh, you know, I made one, game winner where like the shot went like the time went out but like you know when you talk about clutch shots you know down the line you know with the minute left you know i've made plenty so uh i'm definitely pulling um so i i noticed your twitter and instagram handle is uh sap underscore five just wanted to check. Uh, I know you wear five all the time yeah. uh, as your jersey number. Was uh, was wondering what SAP underscore five means. Uh, SAP is definitely the nickname that I've had. Like I said, my mentor did that. Uh, gave me that name after Warren SAP, you know, because I was a football yeah. player. Uh, everybody that knows me, you know, pretty much knows you know, that story or uh, – you know how I got it, uh, but SAP, that's what that represents. Underscore five. Yes, I've had five. Five is my favorite number. I think that's really the only number that I had in basketball. So, uh, 
this year try to get taken away from me by one of the young players that been here for like over I don't know five or six years you know we had to shoot a half court shot for it I was gonna uh, ask because what what happens if was that the was that the closest that you've been so I, I so going at least back to um Iowa you always had five even uh even national team mm-hmm. uh so was that the close was that the only time that you had to fight for for five yes this was the first time and I was offering, I was going to pay. I was going to pay him. <laughs> that was going to be yeah, the question. They said, <laughs> they said, no. They said, he said, no, I had this since I've been here. So it was like, we were battling. I'm like, well, the only other way is shoot for it. And, you know, three-point shot, that's not really, mm-hmm. you know, a good solution. So half court was on the line. And I made it before he did, you know. And uh, I was super hyped because I, I wouldn't have known. Like, I don't even know if how would have got through the season with a number that. I think the day might come, but I hope that it doesn't. You know? Yeah, if you keep uh, going up higher levels, man, you're gonna, you're gonna so, come off cross. Yeah, definitely. Maybe hope that it maybe fifty five or 05? No, you can't do 05. Maybe ninety nine, bro. That might be the only number because that was my number, my first number of football. How I got the num- how I got the name Sap. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so ninety nine, fifty five. I don't know. Uh, yeah, ninety nine. I might have to go with ninety nine. If, if well, let's hope for your sake and your, <laughs> and your Twitter and Instagram handle that you have to, don't have to change it for a while. Exactly. Uh, last last non BCL question. Um, so you you talked about football a little bit, uh, and uh, I saw you played high school. Uh, you know, we have the Super Bowl uh, coming up now. Uh, Brady and, and Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're from Michigan, obviously. There's the Lions, Lions. Wow. Almost, almost wow. forgot the team. Almost, no, no. Almost. I mean, as a, as a Chicago man, I, I you know, uh, definitely know who who was in that in that, in that uh, conference. Um, obviously, it's not a, the greatest of teams. Have struggled over the years. Lot, struggled over the years. But um, how much? How much is football? I guess the question would be, how much is football still part of your life? I mean, it. It's who I am. Uh, a lot of guys, you know, obviously when I had to go to Europe, you know, my game shifted more to the offensive end. But, you know, throughout college and high school, you know, I was a defensive specialist, you know, and I think football has molded that inside of me, you know, to be that guy. Even now, you know, I, you know, obviously, like I said, it shifts over here because I have to do more on the offensive side, but, you know, defense is the heart of who I am and football, you know, kind of molded that and helped me, you know, become that, you know, and I pride myself on toughness. Uh, you can even think about Izzo, Izzo love two sport guys, you know, so like, you know, um, football is, you know, my, my heart at the end of the day, like a lot of people believe that if I would have chose the football route, I'd probably be in the NFL right now. You know, a lot of people are like, you're a big, like, you're a big, strong point guard, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, people in America, when they ask me what position I play, and I say point guard, they'd be like, really? I'm like, yeah, like, oh, you're pretty you're solid for a point. I'm like, I mean, it's just who I am, man. You know, my trainer even would call me a defensive back or, you know, I play a strong safety, but, you know, they always kind of joking on me and like, you know, kind of pushing that football like you that football was was who you are you know and I love 
football, you know, like no other. I loved playing the game, but I hated the practices. You know, <laughs> I hated playing like in the, the Getting cold. beat up for nothing. Yeah, I just hated the I loved game day. I loved playing under the lights. I was naturally good at football, you know, because I like I believe I'm a dog, you know, but you know, when it came down to it, you know, what do I like doing more? Practice like getting better in basketball, getting better in football, you know, and I know the opportunities, you know, are high in, you know, basketball and the resources that you can do, you know, when it comes to playing basketball are pretty high. So yeah. Um the playoffs draws coming up. Um you guys took down Turk Telecom, Ankara, as well as Hapo Jerusalem. Uh, two pretty high-level teams, obviously. Waiting for you um, are three possible Spanish teams um, mm-hmm. as the as group winners. Um, maybe your your thoughts about. Obviously, we don't know yet at the time of this uh, at this time of this recording who you're going to be facing, but maybe just your thoughts about the draw. Uh, super exciting, you know, to see who you know, we'll come out against, you know, who we play, that really doesn't matter. Uh, I think we're going to prepare and, you know, be ready for whoever. Um, but, you know, just the, the opportunity again, you know, to play against, you know, these type of teams in different countries, I think, you know, that, that speaks volume for itself. And I think that's the, you know, best part about playing in European competitions. Like, the opportunity to go to different places and, you know, play against different styles. Cause obviously the league that you're in, you know, you play those games and it's like, well, you've got an, a week to kind of, you know, prepare for the next one. You know, you see them all the time. So to be able to kind of shift your focus to a different style of play or, you know, different guys that you don't see all the time. Um, I think that's the beautiful part. And, you know, I think we'll be ready. We'll for sure be ready. Um, last question, maybe just, um, what would you, what would you think about maybe having a chance to play against Burgos or Strasbourg? Uh, the reason I ask, uh, obviously Burgos, you get to play against, uh, your former teammate, Ken Horton, where you got EK, uh, wouldn't know with, uh, Strasbourg, uh, yeah. maybe your thoughts about uh, maybe having a, a date with one of those guys. I'm sure that would be uh, fun to, to live, re- relive some of those Kazakhstan days. For sure. I know, <laughs> them probably better than you know their teammates know themselves because I spent more time with them you know I spent the full year with them than their teammates have so far so uh that'd be amazing you know I, I I keep up with Ken a lot you know and you know you know they just won the uh the the, the tournament before you know in Champions League you know uh, so they have a lot of momentum and you know the expectations is high as well to continue that run you know, so to be able to match up and play against that team, you know, that speaks for itself. Uh, to play against Ken, you know, to have rights winning, I think that'd be even better, you know. But you know, who who knows? You know, to go against EK and um, Strasbourg, you know, I'm f- familiar with Strasbourg too. Like after playing in Monaco last year, so Monaco. I know mm-hmm. I know them. Uh, but to go against EK too, it's been a while since, you know, we've been on the same court together. So uh, that'd be, I mean, that'd be amazing, you know, to, you know, see those guys again, just to catch up and, you know, to put and wrap them up together, you know, and play, play against each other. 
All right, Anthony Clemens from Egokea, thank you for taking some time and, and giving us some fantastic knowledge about Kazakhstan basketball and uh, some uh, some history lessons on Michigan State and uh, various other things. So, uh, and good luck then uh, at the draw. Hopefully you get a team that you really want to play and uh, good luck in those games. Thanks for having me. Man. Thank you to the listeners who... Uh, fans who sent in questions on Instagram, uh, much appreciated on that. Uh, you know, as he mentioned, you know, this is, and you mentioned it before actually as well, you know, this is a team that nobody wants to meet up with. Um, and, you know, he talked also about, you know, having a chip on your shoulder. You're not, not really being, I don't know if respected is necessarily uh, the correct term, but not necessarily being understood or, or, you know, uh, so, uh, I, I, I tell you what, if I'm, if I'm Bamberg, I don't want them, for example. I mean, uh, you know, okay. In theory, he could have the, you know, they could grab two Spanish teams if, you know, if they're unlucky. Um, but, uh, it's, uh, this is a this is a team that you know I've mentioned it a couple of times as well to you. It surprised me, and uh, and but if you look at uh, if you look at the the stops he's gone through and the and the people he's learned from, um, I, I mean when I when a two time NBA champ like Norris Cole says to you, man, you can be the man on on on, on any team. You know that means something, you know. And, and Norris Cole's on your team, you know, he's your teammate, as he said. So, you know, that, that means something. And to have him as sort of this, this, this leader, um, and, and also with this really Michigan state, you know, you look at him and, and you think this bulldog Michigan state football player, you know, and, and, uh, uh, you know, play strong, played strong safety, loves football still, and has that mentality. So, um, you know, this is a team that's, that's, you know, really kind of growing on me. Um, and, uh, you know, also kids, you know, obviously Illich is, 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 is young and, uh, you know, just, I guess to close off then what your, your thoughts are on, on what he's been able to do. Clemens really leading this team. I mean, uh, to be honest, I haven't followed him around that much before he kind of jumped out this season. And just the first impression was like, this is an ideal kind of guard for, Igokea and their mentality because he's so strong. Like they they don't need a guard like Marcelino Huertas to be all you know, like creative and kind of dancing on the course. Igokea don't do that stuff. I mean Igokea need a strong guy who's gonna be in your face all day long. Then they're gonna kind of build him up with a couple of great shooters like Waller and now Grace. So it's just a perfect fit and I mean like he said you're not gonna want to see okay on the other side the, the, the difference between seeing Tenerife or Zaragoza or whoever you're gonna be probably over appreciating I mean right. you're over prepared for them and for Igokea you might be like ah they're Igokea you know they don't sound like the biggest team you kind of underestimate them and you're done <laughs> there's no no way you can fight with them if you underestimate them for a single second for sure all right uh any final notes before we close it i'm not really just looking forward to the draw on tuesday and then we have like a month-long break for the bcl 
There's going to be a lot of domestic competitions. There's going to be the FIBA Eurobasket qualifying bubbles again. Uh, so we're back with, with Basketball Champions League games on March 2nd. So a month from the draw. Yes, uh, we will. Uh, we will have podcasts, and uh, we'll talk about the draw next week. Um, th- if you guys want to uh, follow us, uh, the Basketball Champions League on Twitter or Instagram, the handle is Basketball CL. Uh, like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can get the mobile app. Check it out. Uh, the subscribe to the podcast, and the website is Champions League the email address, if you want to contact uh, any of us, is info at championsleague.basketball, and all of the games are uh, live and on demand at livebasketball.tv. TV. So for Igor Jerkovic, uh, David Hine, uh, we will talk to you next week. Uh, it'll be it's, uh, talk about the draw. Now it's it's sort of all just theoretical now and thinking about it, analysis. Uh, analysis. Now it's going to be a while before we have games to talk about, but um, you no need to worry. We will have sh- uh, shows for you uh, going all the way up until the return of action. So talk to you next week.